Hello to all of you out there. I am Ulrike Seminati, host of the podcast Empowering Female Leaders for Women Who Want to Thrive. Every week you will get new perspectives, exciting insights, and empowering messages of women from all over the globe. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Empowering Female Leaders. I am pleased to welcome today Robin Osborne, who is an executive coach and business consultant who has recently given a second chance at life after undergoing emergency surgery to remove a baseball-sized tumor from her brain. Remarkably, the tumor was benign, but her recovery was no small feat. It took Robin a year to walk one mile. The same tools she uses to inspire transformation in her clients helped her achieve miraculous results in her own recovery. Robin's passion for exceeding expectations has allowed her to help hundreds break through their personal and professional goals and, through this work, her own practice continues to develop. Welcome, Robin. I'm very pleased to have you here. I'm so delighted to be here. Thank you. <laughs> Do you want to add a few words? This is really an impressive story. Thank you. I'm a very blessed person. I'm very grateful to be given a second chance at life. I have a lot of new wisdom from getting that grace and that chance. What I would, would like to share with the audience is that we go through life and we have these surprises. I never anticipated having a brain tumor. Interesting enough, evidently I've had it my whole life wow. and since birth and it just kept growing. But my background started out in adversity or overcoming obstacles in that I became a business owner at the young age of 21. So I lost my dad tragically and my mom gave us the opportunity for my twin brother, my sister and I to take over the business and we had 40 employees. So we are a FAA repair station. So Federal Aviation Administration, we do landing gears, we do flap actuators, We do work on the missile silos, on the launch components all throughout the country. So very high liability, but it was growing up literally in one day. And so for me, the journey in learning leadership at a really young age took a lot of time. I had a lot of hard knocks. And through that is uh, I'm proud to be where I am and to be able to help the people that in business as well as personally grow. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think people can learn a lot from other people who have overcome obstacles in their lives and who had a lot of ad adversity and how you can get across that. What we will discuss today is the topic of how we can get unstuck and really take action. And it's not about the big things like having a big adversity in your life. It's rather around also many small things and what we are not doing every day because most of the time we, we know what we want to achieve. Most of the time, let's assume we do. <laughs> and still, we even know what we should do, <laughs> but we don't take action. And we feel like being stuck and things are not moving and then we are bashing ourselves and we're not satisfied and we are in this kind of vicious circle that is not very empowering. What do you think about that? I have an expression, we can't change what we tolerate. 
I think a lot of times we're in the hamster wheel, just grinding, and it's exhausting and it's draining us, and we don't realize it. I also think if we really focus and pay attention on the mindset and the words we use. So for an example, prior to learning I had a brain tumor, I would wake up every day and it was really about what I have to do. Life seemed heavy. And after I got the gift of life for the second time, I realized life really is about what you choose to do every day because every day is a gift. And when we take the power of, you know, truly living the life that we want on our terms, I say, what can you control is that's where the power is in really getting unstuck. Well, how do I know if I'm stuck? Is that I would say really listen kind of be aware of the energy that you're in each day. If you're not bouncing out of bed, excited for your day, getting a coach and really unpacking and uncovering the areas that, you know, you feel that you're not growing or that you're not satisfied with where you are in your life. So for me, I was stuck in my business about 25 years in. And I honestly was depressed. I felt like I was driving 35 miles each way to work, doing the same thing, getting the same results, not inspired, not motivated. I read a book called Traction by Gina Wickman. I called Gina, flew out to Michigan, got certified in the process and came back and implemented it in the company completely changed my life because what I would say all of the weight that I was carrying and the 2 a.m. thoughts became now freedom and relief for me and I ended up changing careers at 48 and becoming a coach and a consultant. And that's a big leap. I did that too at the age 45. I understand. Yeah. And it's not, it's not always easy. And like you say, sometimes we are not jumping out of bed full of joy and like, wow, what a great day that I had of us. It's a gift. I'm so happy that I have this life. I mean, we are not. We, 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 we could be actually, but we are not. And, and sometimes we know what you want to do, but we just don't do it. And like you say, I think it's very important to understand what's going on in our heads and that someone is asking us some compelling questions around that because it's very hard to listen to yourself because these things tend to hide away. <laughs> They don't show up like that. So when you speak about this experience where you really changed and you learned that method, what was for you the eye-opener in this? What was the game-changer? I would say early on, I've really pursued self-development my entire life. I love transformation. I love helping people. I got trained in a process where you become very, I would say, aware or connected with your inner voice. So your inner conflict, what is it that you're internally saying to yourself? So a lot of us are very hard on ourselves. We hold our bar so high that it's almost unattainable. 
So I was very, very self-critical of myself. And I would say I really like wasn't kind to myself. The other thing is the way we interpret things, we make assumptions or if we have limited beliefs. So some of this goes back to when we're very young. But once you become aware of some of the stocks, because really unpacking those and understanding how true is that. So I say we have to separate the truth and the lies because it's draining your energy. And if we're using words like always or never, there's no hope there. So we have to create that positivity and step into our strengths. So I have tools that I have used that I first tested out and became to very empowered and more confident. And I say, you know, now I'm president of my own fan club. <laughs> before, that's a learned behavior. So before I would more putting myself down. And the interesting thing is that it's limitless what we can do. I truly believe that it's our mindset and really stepping into what our true unique ability is, is where the gifts are. And for us, I think what we get in our own way. So we put up our own obstacles and barriers and some things we can't control. So we've got to get creative. In other episodes, I talked about an inner glass ceiling. You know, in female leadership, we often speak about there is also an external glass ceiling in organizations sometimes uh -huh. and so forth. I don't think that this is there so much anymore or less and less, yeah? But I think what's still there very strongly is our inner glass ceiling. And even for men, obviously, we all have one. And it depends how low it is. And when we start hitting that, we believe that then we start, I think, procrastinating. Then we get stuck And don't take the actions that we need to take to achieve another level of whatever we want to achieve. And I think this is the whole problem. Like you say that there's something in our mind and often we are not even aware. And I love what you said. We are limitless. By nature, I think also we are limitless. But we have put so much crap. Sorry to say. <laughs> without even realizing it. And it's there and it's holding us back. And it lets us believe that we are not limitless, that we have limits, that we're not good enough, we're not worthy enough, and everything that is holding us back from reaching this famous full potential, whatever exactly that means. And so we, we are still like feel running behind that. If, if we are someone who is ambitious or has a specific goal, for example, we feel like we run behind that, but somehow never get there. Do you know that feeling as well? I do. I would say I have what I call an inner game strategy. So that glass ceiling you're talking about internally, I actually have a website called innergamestrategy.com. So what I find is the blocks, a lot of the blocks are the head trash. So the stucks is, is really our disbelief in ourselves. Or what I would say is if it's in your mind, Like in, impossible is truly impossible. It just depends on how you look at it. 
the word, right? So with the inner game strategy, it's truly about understanding what's at the root of the belief. And so what might be understood as that I need to lose 25 pounds, is that really what the root of your issue is? Or do we need to take it to a deeper level? So what I find with a lot of executives and people that are looking to create the life on their terms is that underneath that is they feel unworthy, not good enough. There's guilt, shame. There's something anchored to it that's allowing them not to break through that inner glass ceiling. So what I find is creating a strategy and really coaching them, exploring it. You're not going to get an answer. We're not going to fix it sometimes in a week. But the more that we can really step into positive mindset and get rid of the negative self-talk is where the opportunity is. And what I would say coming through the journey in surviving the brain tumor is I learned self-love for the first time. And the core foundation, I, I think, of how we grow starts with the self-love. Yeah, and accepting who we actually are without wanting to change everything and optimizing everything and being perfect. In the worst case, it's even to that degree. Yeah, yeah, that's true because I think many times when we are stuck and don't get into action mode, it's because we fear something. We fear failure, we fear rejection, which are two very typical fears, very common fears of human beings. But yeah, I think it's also about Sometimes we don't even start something because when we do not start it, we cannot fail, which is a total odd thought because if we haven't done it, we fail per se. I mean, it's if you fail before even doing it, but we don't perceive it like that because we don't have this feeling of, ah, I I couldn't manage it. I didn't succeed because we didn't put ourselves into this situation. So we don't take that risk of going there. What do you think about fears and the power they have when we are not taking action? So for fear, I say fear is misdirected faith. We have to give ourselves permission not to be exceptional at everything when we first start. And I say falling on your face and dusting yourself off and getting up is the way we grow and learn. You know, I, at 21 running a company, had epic failures, but We were successful for over 33 years span. We were successful except for one year. Did I make a lot of mistakes? Of course. So it's really giving yourself permission, I feel, to to go through the arduous journey of strengthening the muscle and whatever it is that you're aspiring to become. And also, I think people stay too alone in their their journey and they need to ask for help. Asking for help is such a catalyst in really taking things to the next level. I'm one of these people. I needed a coach to tell me that I have to ask for help. 
I'm one of these people who wants to always manage it all by myself because I kind of can make it and, and all of that. He said, why don't you ever ask for help? <laughs> and, and it's true. It's, it's true. It's an obvious thing for many. And many people do that actually very much. And I admire people who ask for help. For me, it is still something that I have to do consciously because it's not an automatism. It's not wired in me. And mm -hmm. I understand what you say. We often think we have to ruminate and find out what's going on ourselves. And at the end, sometimes just asking someone what they see in us and taking this as, let's say, an alternative reality instead of saying, no, 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 they have just such a very nice um, perspective on me. That's not true. The reality is different. So I always say, you see the reality like you see it. I see the reality differently, the same reality, let's say, or the same situation. And who, who knows what the truth is? And I believe there is none. And there is no such thing as the reality. It's just a question of how we make an interpretation of what is going on and how we judge ourselves or how we do not judge ourselves. And I liked what you said before. I think it's very important that we just stop with being too harsh, too demanding, putting immediately mm -hmm. the bar super, super high. Because obviously, if we put the bar high, well, we create fear all on our own. Nobody else is doing that for us. And we feel huge pressure and everything actually has been generated inside. Sometimes we might find proof points in the outside world, but they're not the issue. We then transfer it to that and say, yeah, because of that, because of this, because of, I don't know, I have to do another training or something else. But at the end, we have created that inside of us. And I think admitting this is difficult because you have then to admit somehow that you have done something wrong. And, and the spiral gets on and on and on, you know, with the self-judgment. Does that sound familiar to you? Yeah. First and foremost, I think most empowered women because we are high achieving, the first thing a lot of us want to do is point the finger at somebody else. So the habit is really looking at the mirror and asking yourself truly, how are you showing up? And what could you do better or challenge yourself in making a change? Meaning if you're not asking for help, then push yourself to ask for help or get a coach, create a weekly action item. So for me, I'm not someone that used to ask for help, but going through learning to walk again, I relied on a lot of people to help me. And mm -hmm. it really taught me that if you say to someone, I need your help, 95 percent of human beings are going to say, what can I do? Mm -hmm. And so we isolate sometimes or stay in our own overwhelm. And really it's about creating the change baby steps to help you with seeing things in a new perspective in a new way, you know, after I had my surgery, I looked very, you know, part of my head had atrophied. So it looked really overwhelming. And I looked in the mirror the morning after my surgery and I had 31 staples. And I looked in the mirror and I said, you're beautiful. You're talented. You're amazing. Because I knew 
we all are miracles. We've all been given the gift of life. And so I had gratitude for the first time in my life for understanding that's not my role in it to beat myself up anymore. And I really do feel like my second chance is to be the messenger and help people to really create their inner game strategy and help them to break through that ceiling. And like you said, it starts with self-love. You said that earlier. And you said, now actually stop taking yourself for granted. Because you had this really brutal wake-up call, like, wow, life can be over quickly. You, you never know. And most people never think of that. They go through their lives like a bit uh, blind, more or less, and are not really aware and not honoring themselves that they are who they are, that they are unique, that they have this beautiful unit set of strengths and vulnerabilities mm -hmm. and both make us valuable and, and interesting, interesting for others as well. So I think this is a first really important lesson to be grateful for just who you are. We hear a lot about gratefulness, like gratefulness for whatever happens to you. And we often think in terms of gratefulness that's coming to us from the outside. But how often are we actually grateful for just being, for, for just being us, like we are? With all the flaws, I think that's exactly. something very often. <laughs> yeah, the the big thing that my family and I did not know is if I would ever be able to speak again because they went through the speech center. And I never consciously, honestly thought about eyesight, speech, ability to walk, ability to drive. I've never really woke up in prior to having my brain surgery and said, I am so grateful for this gift. And now I can say every day I do because it's a free day. I got one free day today that I didn't know if I was going to get. So my relationships are deeper. I value people. I treat my body. I honor it now. Before I thought I was invincible and I would, you know, eat hamburgers and not really put the care into it because I took it for granted. And so, yeah, I think that when you realize we're all here temporarily and we don't know what that looks like, but to really show up and step into your gifts is a decision and doing that with self-love is a beautiful, beautiful journey. Yeah, absolutely. And you said before, I find that interesting because it sounds like action. You said you can do your own inner game strategy. And by this, you can, for example, create an action item per week. Can you give us an example of what such an action item could be? Absolutely. So depending, so everyone is a snowflake. Just like every company is a snowflake, different, different challenges, different opportunities. So I actually call challenges opportunities. So depending on what someone is aspiring to create for themselves. So if it's business mindset, we go and look to see what area that is. I'm going to use myself for an example. The first thing I do 
is get very clear on what their core values are. So core values, a small set of guiding principles that we use to filter our decisions. So for me in my recovery, one of my values is be impeccable with your word. Always do your best. Okay. I never canceled a physical therapy appointment because I align and be impeccable with your word. I was very committed to the progress and the outcome. And as difficult as it was, that's what helped me get me out of my own way. So what kind of action item would that look like? I did six hours a week of therapies. I tracked it. So I use a software with my coaching clients and I, it's very much like accountability coaching, but it's really reinforced with what do you want? What's important? And then we've got to reverse engineer. What does that look like in, in action? So again, if you want to lose 20 pounds or get fit, it's not just going to the gym. What are you doing on Sunday night to win the week to prepare? Do we need to do a menu? Are you going grocery shopping? Like we really need to, to say, what does success look like? And then time block it in the calendar. So then when it doesn't work, then we need to, to unpack it and solve whatever that issue is so that we're learning and adapting and pivoting to success. So in business, so I say the numbers don't lie because whether you're tracking in your personal life or your business, it's not just cash flow, but it's also you're going to have people issues, you're going to have process issues that are keeping you from meeting your objectives and your goals in your business. Same with your personal life, if you're showing up putting yourself second, you're not going to meet your goals. So what is it? What does amazing look like? Let's start there. How do we make that happen? So a lot of times it takes, I would say more than a few, one or two sessions to really get the person believing it. So yeah, getting um, vulnerable and being uncomfortable Ideally, you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's how you achieve your dreams. And consistency. Once you have a crystal clear laser focus plan and you're giving yourself permission to fail, but then you get up and each week re address what got in the way and adapt, that's how you walk one mile in one year. And that's a beautiful example. And I think a wonderful last word to explain what is going on actually and what can be done. How can people find you if they want to work with you or learn more about you? They can go to my website, Robin Osborne, R-O-B-I-N-O-S-B-O-R-N.com or same website, innergamestrategy.com. And they can... Schedule a time so you can schedule 30 minutes. And I say, I have an expression. Uh, 
uh, diagnosis before examination is malpractice. So I would definitely look forward to spending at least 30 minutes with you, really hearing about what your goals are and then creating a customized plan. And then helping to get through that and to reach whatever you want to reach and to be whoever you want to be because we can. <laughs> Thank you very much, Robin, for this beautiful conversation. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. This was another episode of Empowering Female Leaders. What are the questions and topics in female leadership that you are interested in? Let me know in the comments on YouTube and Instagram or join our LinkedIn group. I am excited to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe for new talks with inspiring women from all around the globe. Thank you for listening.